generate a soft drink? Is this one more reason to be afraid of creatures in Australia? Will humans survive to see the next Pangea? Is seemingly ranch everyone's new favorite condiment? Get the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News, a news podcast featuring exciting tech breakthroughs, scientific discoveries, and fun, uplifting news stories without the political drama. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is Coca-Cola news. This is from the Mary Sue, and it is headlined... New AI-generated Coke flavor is predictably bad. So, oh, okay. Yeah. A, uh, Coca-Cola worked with an artificial intelligence. They did not specify which one. Um, <laughs> an unnamed artificial an intelligence. An unnamed artificial intelligence <laughs> okay. to protect its identity. <laughs> um, it, they said it was partially AI-generated, a limited edition flavor called Coca-Cola Y3000. Uh, which is available in sugar and zero sugar varieties. So it's Coca-Cola, but what if it was the year 3000? That was the premise here. Oh. What is Coca-Cola going to look like in a thousand years? And it sounds like pretty bad <laughs> from what everyone's <laughs> saying. Um, but it's descri- to give Coca-Cola a chance to describe their their beverage first on their British website. I don't know why that matters. It's described as a co-created futuristic flavor developed by tapping into both human and artificial intelligence to understand how fans envision the future through emotions, aspirations, colors, and flavors. Fans perspectives from around the world combined with the insights gathered from artificial intelligence helped inspire the unique taste of 3000. So that sounds like it was written by AI as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's a lot of really abstract concepts to translate into a flavor. Yeah, uh, and I like I looked at like a weird number of articles about this, trying to find one that explained like how did they how is the AI involved? And the only one that I saw anything concrete for said it was like for the art of it. Like the art of the can. Oh, well, that's not. But nothing mentioned like the recipe itself. But like enough things alluded to it that I have to assume part of it was like from and yeah. like part of the recipe was. It's it was very confusing. I couldn't find like a solid answer anywhere. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, besides that flowery description, the actual taste of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar uh, Y3000 has been described by actual drinkers as, quote, marinara sauce with Coke backwash. Um, Quote, a party in my mouth, but everyone is throwing up. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody said that it tastes like carrots. (laughs) So so there's a lot of... um, disagreement on what this thing actually tastes like none of the descriptions made me want to go out and buy some though they all sounded bad um yeah and yeah like i said i looked at like a lot of articles trying to see if there was any kind of consensus on like what this tastes like the most common one seems to be that it's like some kind of like fruity candy flavor that's like just like almost too sweet but it has like a really bad aftertaste also so okay. that was like a common theme is like really sweet with an aftertaste. I saw some places describe it as like fruit punch, 
like one of them described it as like every red soda ever mixed together. So like cherry, like fruit okay, punch, okay. like just really fruit forward, but like not but like in a, all mixed together. So it doesn't mix, actually yeah, taste good. So it doesn't good. actually taste good. Also, it's brown like regular Coke, which I probably doesn't help with the like aesthetic appeal Ugh. of it. Um, it sounds awful. It does not sound good. Anyway, this is what the can looks like. <laughs> Since that's what we know <laughs> that the AI helped design, it's a bunch of reds and or reds, blues, and pinks, and that's it. I don't really like the can. Yeah, I don't think it's that, it's that good either. But maybe people I, in the year three thousand would like the can. Exactly. We're we're mere two thousanders. We'll never yeah. know what those three thousanders think about this soda. We're mere two thousandites. Two thousand. Yeah. Without, yeah. I don't know. Why two cares? Why two cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that the concept of like trying to harness AI to come up with like a new flavor, I mean, could be an, an interesting It's an interesting experiment. idea, but, and I saw a couple of articles make this point as well. It's like AIs don't have a sense of taste. So like what no. inform like their only way of deciding like whether two things would taste good together is like if they I don't know like saw it in a bunch of recipes or something right. together but like I don't know if they have enough like AI right now is just a bunch of like it's just regurgitating a bunch of existing texts. Yeah. like that's all it's, it's doing just, it's reg- it's regurgitating things and also just making like educated guesses yeah and like not that educated <laughs> like they're still learning yeah. a lot and like maybe future AI will be better at this kind of thing, but it sounds like I don't know what they use. Like I said, it's not named, so I yeah. Don't, well, I, they they probably just were like, "Here's our whole line of beverages and the ingredients. Now mm-hmm. make a new one. Make a new one." But that's not enough data to, and it, exactly what you said. Like you can't taste. It things. doesn't know There's what a it subjectiveness like. to that. There's the element of like, why do those ingredients work together? Right. Did they and I'm feed kind of that surprised. Into the like, AI algorithm. Did they have anyone taste this before they made it? Like they were, or were they just like, well, whatever it spits out first, that's what we're gonna do. Like, I feel like they should have had it make a few yeah, options and then like pick one that actually tasted good because yeah. nobody seems to think this tastes good. <laughs> that's a good question. I think the only po- like positive response I saw to it was like somebody was like, um, "Well, I'd drink it again, but only if somebody else bought it for me." <laughs> so. What if they actually did do that and this was the best one? Oh, no. <laughs> <And this laughs> it was the so other, bad. <laughs> yeah, the other ones had, like, battery acid in them. <laughs> it's like, no. The other ones were, like, unsafe to consume. <laughs> yeah. We'll never well, know. We'll never know. Okay, my first story is fossil news. This is from sciencealert.com, and the headline is, Fossil of a giant trapdoor spider found in Australia. And just look at it. That's the headline. <laughs> I can't. This is an audio medium. <laughs> this is an audio medium, damn <laughs> So, um, millions of years ago, Australia was a paradise for spiders. The same as it is today. <laughs> I was going to say, nothing's changed. Um, in the arid heart of the continent, scientists have found an exquisitely preserved fossil of a fascinatingly large spider 
according to them, that roamed and hunted in what was once a lush rainforest. But today it's arid, but back then it was like rainforest. So That's why it died. <laughs> we, we don't know why it died. Lived for millions of years and then it got too hot. Yeah. That's what happened. Yep. <laughs> so um, this is special because it's the... It's only the fourth spider fossil ever to be found in Australia. So they're very rare. And this is actually the first fossil ever worldwide of a spider belonging to the large brush-footed trapdoor spider family. Or, I'm going to butcher this, Barry Kelliday. Barry Kelliday. I think that's a, when they say spider family, family. they mean the family in terms of like family genus species. species. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the first ever fossil of that family found because, um, and I don't go into this in my notes, the article was talking about how like spiders are, the environments that they live in usually are not like conducive to like fossilizing things. Well, they're also like not, they don't have bones. So yeah, there's a lot of like, they're very fragile compared to something mm -hmm, like a mammal right? or a or, or a dinosaur, <laughs> or something with like an exoskeleton or something like right. Well, th- really they have an, don't they have an exoskeleton? Is it, does it technically count as an exoskeleton? I think so because it's their only structure. It's like the chitin, right? Oh yeah. Wait, do spiders have that? I always think of that as like like beetles and stuff. But like, I think spiders, spiders are, they're just they don't so have soft. Bones. They don't have bones. <laughs> yeah. But do arachnids? I you're probably right. You're probably it probably right. qualifies as an, as an exoskeleton because yeah, it's like right. their structure is based on is just that. that. Yeah, not yeah. They don't have bones. Right, they're they're soft. Spiders <laughs> would be scary if even scarier if they had bones. I think. Oh my gosh! If spiders had bones, I would like <laughs> die. I squish a spider. If, and just <laughs> if it's been a while since I told the listeners this, I'm very arachnophobic. <laughs> yeah, like I can talk about them and whatever, but like. Oh, just sometimes, so, and there's certain types too. It's like so strange. Like certain mm-hmm. body types of this of spiders will like set off my anxiety like way more than like That's other types. I don't know why, hmm. but yeah. Is this one? Um, they didn't really have like a well. They kind of had like a drawing rendering, but I, honestly, no. Like this kind of it's just like a big like tarantula looking one. Those oh, don't okay. like scare me as much. Like the ones that <laughs> the ones that I hate looking at, even like pictures of, are more like like black widow type bodies spiders like that look fat like that bodies spindly legs yes yeah oh i i hate that like i hate that for some reason that makes sense but i don't know tarantulas are like oh well, they're just fuzzy. tarantulas yeah they're tarantulas just, just look like <laughs> eight-legged mammals yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway so this is the first fossil ever found of like a spider in this family um so this species lived in the miocene which is 11 to 16 million years ago. And it's been named Megamonodontium McCluskey. McCluskey. <laughs> I don't know if I'm McCluskey. It ends in a Y-I, so I think that's oh, just E. yikes. McCluskey. I think it's McCluskey. <laughs> that's very confusing. Yeah. So the type of rock found in the fossil bed... Um, makes this discovery even more interesting because it's a type of iron-rich rock called geothite. <laughs> There's all these words. <laughs> I can't pronounce this. I'm sorry. In which um, 
exceptional fossils are rarely found, according to this article, because of wow. the type of rock it is. This is a real um, one-of-a-kind situation, yeah. it sounds like. And this, the preservation of this spider was so detailed that researchers could look, like, they could make out minute details of the body of the spider. So they know, like, there's, like, a modern genus of that's close to this type of spider, and they, like, can tell that it's related to that exact um, like species or, or genus group. Wow. Um, but apparently this spider is five times larger in size to that modern-day one. Whoa. Which, <laughs> which they also stated that, like, that's not super huge. Like, it's just like a – like, if you think of a trapdoor spider, it was a, like a big tarantula thing, and nowadays that, that those spiders are not that big. They're, like, right. I don't know, quarter size or something. But this okay. one was, like, the size of your hand. Still a big spider. Yeah, it's big. But yeah, when you hear stuff like that, like, you're like, it's "Whoa!" It's not like the size not, of a dog. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Um, so this is a. <laughs> I'm really laughing at this. This is a quote from arachnologist Robert Raven of the Queensland Museum. <laughs> okay, great title, great name. I know. No, like no what? notes. Like this guy Perfect. is amazing. Nailed I want to meet him. First try. Um, <laughs> We already love you and we don't even know you. Yeah. Robert Raven, a arachnologist. <laughs> um, not only is it the largest fossilized spider to be found in Australia, but it is the first fossil of this family that has been found worldwide, which I already said. There are around 300 species of brush-footed trapdoor spiders alive today, but they don't seem to become fossils very often. This could be because they spend so much time inside burrows and so aren't in the right environment to be fossilized. So, mm. yeah, so he's just you know, reiterating this is like really rare and a cool find. Yeah. Um, and this was published in the zoological journal of the Linnean society. And this oh. is the, <laughs> this is the fossil. It, it's kind of like, I don't, I think it was sort of in like two parts that they sort of like put together, but this is, that's why there's like two pictures of it. But. Oh, wow. You can definitely tell it's a spider from the, from that fossil though. That's, it's very detailed. Yeah, yeah, look how detailed that is. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like it almost looks like somebody painted a, a, yeah, a, like, a spider on a rock. Like, like it even has like colors on it and stuff, which I don't know what, what yeah, that what is that's from. Like from different or... like chemicals or something, but it's it's like it's super detailed. Like you can see like the exact sizing of each segment like, of the legs yeah, and yeah. like the the fangs and stuff. Like it's it's kind of cool. It's very but, neat. Yeah. My next story is supercontinent news. This is from CNN, and the headline is, New supercontinent could wipe out humans and make Earth uninhabitable, study suggests. It's a really misleading headline. This isn't happening, like, Wait, what? tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen anytime yeah. this week. Next week? The next 250 million years. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the article's about this uh, supercontinent. So, you know, Pangea was back when, like, all the continents were together. Mm-hmm. And they split up. That's where we are right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're rather far apart for the most part. Or at least distinctly distinct enough from each other to be different continents. And mm-hmm. this is, like, eventually in the future, due to play tectonics and everything, they will be a single continent again. Um, They'd say that'll probably happen about 250 million years from now. And they're calling it Pangea Ultima. All right. Which 
it seems wrong because I, I think that just means like final Pangea, but that is wrong. It will continue to do that forever as long as the planet exists, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, maybe it's final Pangea because they're predicting that this is going to wipe out all humans and other mammals <laughs> that happen to still be alive in 250 million years. Um, it, does it explain why? Yes. Okay. But um, first of all, humankind is not going to be around in 250 million years. Yeah. I've... At least not in its current form. <laughs> um, maybe it'll re-evolve. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, researchers have predicted this in a paper that was published Monday in the, ner- in the journal Nature Geoscience. Um, and this was using the first ever supercomputer climate models of the distant future. Uh, these are scientists from the University of Bristol in the United Kingdom. They predicted how climate extremes would intensify after the world's continents merge to form one supercontinent in around 250 million years. Um, they found it would be extremely hot, dry, and virtually uninhabitable for humans and mammals who are not evolved to cope with prolonged exposure to excessive heat. Um, though I would argue in 250 million years, maybe we will have. <laughs> it's- yeah. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. It's a long time. Stuff could change. It won't, but it could. Um, so researchers simulated temperature, wind, and uh, rain and humidity trends for the supercontinent and used models of tectonic plate movement, ocean chemistry, and biology to calculate carbon dioxide levels. Um, they found that not only would the formation of Pangaea ultimately lead to more regular volcanic eruptions, which would spew more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere and warm the planet, um, but the sun would also become brighter emitting more energy and warming the earth further. I don't know in what capacity the sun becomes brighter. I don't, I guess just with age. Like it a gets thinning brighter. atmospheric layer or something? Maybe. That might be what they, they didn't get into hmm. details on that. I was like. Well, I would think just, if there's more volcanic activity, wouldn't that block out the sun? You would think. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sun is eventually going to explode, but that's like. Billions That's like of billions years. of years. So I don't think it future. would be noticeable. Like that would be closer to being brighter, only two hundred fifty million years in the future. But oh, well, actually, maybe I don't know. Maybe like in the life of a star, is that like enough time for something to change? I don't know. I don't know. I have I've never lived two hundred fifty million years. Same. Or asked a star any questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Alexander Farnsworth, who is the senior research associate at the University of Bristol, who is the lead author of the paper, said in a press release on Monday, widespread temperatures of between 40 to 50 degrees Celsius or 104 to 122 degrees Fahrenheit uh, and even greater daily extremes compounded by high levels of humidity would ultimately seal our fate. Humans, along with many other species, would expire due to their inability to shed this heat, like sweating or anything like it would just we would be just too incapable again if we're in our current form which i like i don't think we're going to be it's too far in the future it's so far in the future like we'll either be gone or we'll have evolved to adapt somehow which we'll have another arm We'll have three arms. That, ex, that extra <laughs> arm produces just enough and sweat. That, that extra to, arm to keep us cool. You know, up. like those rabbits in the desert that like have big ears and it like helps their temperature regulation. Yeah, that's what the extra arm does. The extra arm is for that. Yeah, and also just helpful. In yeah, and just helps you do tasks. more more things. It's like the opposable thumbs. It's just right, like exactly. a whole other. It just made us more able to survive because we can use three tools at once. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. (laughs) (laughs) 
you heard it here first. 250 million years from now, yep. humankind will have evolved a third arm, and we don't have to worry about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my next story is food news. And this is from Delish.com, my favorite food news source. The headline is, Heinz is releasing limited edition bottles of ketchup and seemingly ranch in honor of Taylor Swift. And I'm going to explain because I'm assuming you haven't seen. I haven't seen this. The, I'm very confused. This is a, a Twitter slash Instagram inside joke uh, that they're playing into. Okay. And I will explain because I hadn't seen this and I like saw this headline. I was like, what? <laughs> so... um. Okay, so the background is that have you heard well, have you heard that Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kels? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's a football player. I assumed it was pronounced Kelsey. Is it Kelsey? But I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't follow football. But I have yeah, I don't I definitely People are gonna don't. listen to this and be like, You are so like <laughs> you don't get out much, do you? I'm like I, I yeah, just I don't know how to pronounce his last Kelcha. name. I'm sorry. Uh, I just read I no things. Idea. I don't yeah. know. I Kelsey, follow, okay, Travis I Kelsey. I don't follow football at all, and I follow Taylor Swift only a little bit more. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's dating Travis Kelsey. And yeah. um, last weekend, she went to watch a Chiefs-Bears game. She was, like, in the stadium and stuff. And he plays and all the for media, one of those, I assume. And he plays for one of those. I don't know which one. <laughs> um, <laughs> whichever one is the red color. Team color, that's who I he plays like for. I think the it's Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's who he plays for. Yeah. Someone is probably listening and screaming. Yeah, I know. Someone's listening to this and screaming Yes, We don't watch football. I'm sorry. Sorry. We spend all of our time looking at news stories that are that's it. like <laughs> that's all we not do. sports. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he plays for the Chiefs. Um, so... <laughs> So because that happened, like, the media has just been going crazy about, like, that event and all these things that happened at the event. Like, all she did was just go to the football game. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. But it was because it was like, oh, my God, yeah. it's confirmed. She's dating him and she went to the game. So, like, there's been photos of them at an after party. There's been photos of her talking to Travis's mom. There's been photo security footage of her leaving his mansion before the game. Like, all these things just surrounding, like – her and that day and i'm like i feel bad that must be so exhausting like i can't even imagine I know. just can like just trying like, let her have a day can she just like have a day as a normal person like she just wants to like go to a football game and just be normal for one day yeah stop Ugh. yeah that's that's what happens when you're super famous but anyway mm-hmm. so all this about this day so somebody <laughs> so a a like taylor swift fan account i guess went on twitter X, formerly known as Twitter, I should say. Um, uh, it's still Twitter. And posted this fo- this photo, which is like a cute photo. And I'm going to show you in a second. And the caption is, Taylor Swift was eating a piece of chicken with ketchup and seemingly ranch. And that's like, who cares? But okay. Uh-huh. But this is the photo. You can't even see her like plate in the foreground. But she has a th- – this is just a screenshot I took of it. But there's like a plate here that has like a chicken nugget on it. With ketchup and ranch on the plate. Where I don't see it in the... It's not in this... Sorry. It's not in this screenshot that I have. You oh, can't see okay. it in this... It's there, though. It's it like... It is there. Yeah. Sorry. I, ketchup and seemingly ranch. The, the uh, screenshot that I took cut off the actual plate where this was. I apologize. But 
So the caption is, she's eating a piece of chicken with ketchup and seemingly ranch. And like, apparently this like went viral and people were just like joking around about it. Like, okay. Like, it's like, it? neat. <laughs> like, and so now Heinz has released this bottle of ketchup and seemingly ranch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mix of ketchup and ranch. See, AI would never come up with this. I know. This, this is human this humor. This is humor, human only. Um, so they announced they will be releasing a limited edition um, line of this condiment called ketchup and seemingly ranch. Uh-huh. And um, they're only going to release 100 bottles of it. So it's going to be a hot item. If you're a Taylor Swift fan, you're going to want that in your collection, I think. F, F- condiments. <laughs> I was thinking your collection of like oh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift stuff, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah if, you have a con- if you have a condiment collection, you might want this also because it's a limited edition thing. Um, this article also noticed noted though that Heinz has been selling their own version of like this mix anyway called Cranch since Ugh. 2019, which I've, n- I've not Awful. heard of. <laughs> Awful. So like they already had that. They just are like putting it in these special bottles that say ketchup and seemingly ranch. Well, at least, yeah, at least that's better than cranch. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Cranch? cranch like, what? Cranch what sounds thinking? like a foot disease. <laughs> it really does. This episode so, not brought to you by cranch. <laughs> cranch. Well, they should just call it this, like, permanently. Yeah. Like, just, if you already have that it's product, just name. call it ketchup and seemingly ranch. That's it's hilarious. Funny. People in a few years will be like, why do they call it that again? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it'll be a funny story. Yeah. So. Cranch. Cranch. But, Sorry, um, I know that wasn't supposed to be the main takeaway. Yeah, this, no, but, but the, the main takeaway is like the media will, and fans will literally, they will go overboard with pictures of a celebrity that they like. Like, I think this is overboard. Like, are you serious? Like, you're commenting on the fact that there's a plate of chicken nuggets and ketchup in a photo of Taylor Swift, like she was eating chicken nuggets. Ah, like we all have to go buy now chicken nuggets. Like, I don't get this. Nuggets. I don't understand this. If we eat chicken nuggets, we'll be just like her. Yeah, like, are people thinking that? I, Why do we care what she was eating? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's like because it was. It's like a normal food. It's like, oh, I love chicken nuggets. She's like, just she, like she's just like me. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I eat seemingly ranch. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's that. I just, I thought that was, um. It's pretty great slash terrible. Great slash terrible. I just, I just appreciated that they put this on a bottle. Like, I just, I think they should do more of this. Heinz Heinz did well on this. Yeah. I'm less, less impressed by the fan. (laughs) (laughs) By the fan account that posted it. I mean, they're just trying to find content. That's I guess. I guess. It went viral. Some people like it. I mean, yeah. What? Here I am. I'm not. I'm not famous for for posting about a a chicken nugget. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to share a story with us about suspicious condiments or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.